0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia, with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together, verse by verse. My co host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, Starting chapter 2, and again, Paul is uh, in a prison cell in Rome. He is uh, writing to the Colossian church, a church he's never been to, a church that um, uh, Epaphras, or another name for him is Epaphroditus, Epaphras was a fella that uh, Paul knew in Ephesus, which was the big city. Uh, on the Aegean Sea, so um uh Epaphras, uh later traveled about a hundred miles over west towards uh the Colossian church. He founds the Col- Colossian church there, which is a little bit south of Laodicea that's another city, and so um Epaphras, uh, it's been said that he was their preacher person, he was the main person there, but he had taken a collection from the Colossian church to to go to Paul to bring him uh, some supplies. an encouragement while he was in prison in Rome, because there was about two years they didn't even know he was in prison. When finally got word to them, when word got to them, they uh, sent him uh, encouragement. So Paul's writing this letter to a church that he loves dearly, but has actually never been to. Epaphras is with him and trying to give him encouragement while he is there uh Timothy is there with him and maybe is writing this helping him write this letter back to them to encourage them so it's kind of an interesting uh interplay here and it's uh another lesson for us even Paul who knows who you know who stood with Jesus who saw Jesus and Jesus had been with him while in prison um even Paul at this point doesn't know the will of God. Even Paul at this point has to live by faith. Even Paul at this point has to trust in his faith in Jesus Christ, that Jesus will, Jesus Christ will, uh, his will be done, and um, to get his strength through Jesus Christ and through people in the body of Christ, uh, Epaphras, uh, the uh, the um, Colossian people, uh, they were Paul's brothers and sisters in Christ. And even today, we don't have all the answers. Even today, we don't know what's going to happen to us from one day to the next. Paul didn't know if he was going to live or die the next day. Eventually, he's going to be uh, executed. But Paul doesn't know. Paul's mentioning to them that if he does get out, he wants to come visit them, but he doesn't know. And us today, we don't know. And we have to still depend on Jesus Christ for our our stability. We have to depend on Jesus Christ for our strength. And we have to depend on one another to strengthen one another up. That's what we do. That's the example that Jesus gave us to do to strengthen one another. So this is the early church in action. This is, the er, this is people's early faith in action. And this is early uh, the early trust in Jesus Christ in action. Oh, how we could learn just from this example today. So let's jump in and see what Paul's writing. In verse 1, he says, I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for Those at Laodicea, that's just, that's the city a little bit north of there. And for all who've not seen me face to face. So Paul is struggling. Paul is in prison. Paul is suffering for the word of Christ. And that word of Christ is for them, for those folks in in the body of Christ um, in these other cities. I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face. We don't have to see one another face to face to pray for one another and to strengthen one another. That their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ Paul can write a sentence, can he? Just a few words, a few sentences, and he's expressing powerful, powerful realities in, in Christianity. You don't have to see one another face to face because your relationship is based on faith in Jesus Christ and that you, their hearts may be encouraged. The, the center of Of one's being, one's soul was always was was often referred to as the heart. That's a Christian metaphor. Like what's inside your heart is sort of the sum total of your person, and it is a metaphor that we see all through the Bible. Having a Christ-centered heart, having a having a God-centered heart, having a having that purity of heart in mind is. Important. You can't let your heart be off center, even for a little bit. And to encourage one another's heart, being knit together in love. And as McGee says, being knit together. This is what happens when you have Christians who have the same heart, heart for Christ, whose Christ centered hearts, whose Christ is living in your hearts. That's the church. When the Holy Spirit is there we become one body we become the body of Christ and as ephesians was talking about one of the great mysteries of God is his church the church of Jesus the church being um, uh, the the church being Jesus Christ's representation Jesus Christ's body on earth So he's saying hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love. Knit together means unified unity in the body of Christ. And this is the church. Paul's in Roman jail. Epaphras is with him. People are believing there in Rome because of Paul. People are believing in Laodicea because of Paul's words, but being taken to them from epaphras epaphroditus the people in Colossae are believing because epaphroditus was there taking them word of jesus christ that paul was spreading that's the way the church is you don't have to be together to be unit unified in the body they're knit together in love love is jesus jesus is love. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the law. And love is the fulfillment of the law. Being knit together in love. To reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and knowledge. That's your riches right there. Is the knowledge of Christ. The gospel message. The understanding and knowledge. Of God's mystery is Christ that's worth more than any treasure you can have why because you can have all the gold in the world but on your dying deathbed you got to leave that gold. all that all that is is just money all that is is it's not going to buy you anything you're going to the grave you're going back to the dust and as we talked about in Ecclesiastes all is vanity all the wealth that you might have, you'll have to leave it, and then somebody else will get it, and then somebody else will spend it. Somebody else who's not as virtuous as you, smart as you, and it usually usually, eventually ends up in the hands of a fool. That's your life right there, if you're depending on your wealth. But knowledge and understanding of Christ And of his gospel, the gospel being Christ is worth more than anything. In whom, verse 3, all, in whom, excuse me, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It's Christ. Christ contains all wisdom and all knowledge. Now, the church at Colossae was trying to grow and trying to learn, and he's saying, look, stay in Christ. No matter who comes in, no matter what fancy preachers come in and try to dissuade you or sway you one way or the other, it's knowledge of Christ. And if you don't hear Christ being preached, stay away from it. Christ is a stumbling block. You know, and I, I was hearing it in church when the, the preacher was making a point that the world will tolerate talking about God. The world can tolerate talking about, you know, oh, you know, you know, there there's a, a God out there who loves us and everything like that. Or some people don't tolerate talking about it. They don't want to talk about it. But as soon as you bring Jesus Christ into the picture, as soon as as you start talking about Jesus Christ, that ruffles a lot of feathers. A lot of people don't want to talk about Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ's message is that He has overcome death. And a lot of people don't accept that. Arguments start when you start talking about Jesus Christ. The world starts hating you. One of the big reasons that the world hates Christians is because Christians are talking about Jesus Christ. The world, <clears throat> the world, however you boil it down, hates Jesus Christ. The world put Jesus Christ to death. It was man's thinking that puts Jesus Christ to death. Jesus Christ comes to say there is sin in the world and you stand condemned. And I'm coming into the world. Jesus Christ saying, Jesus Christ is coming into the world to remove the sin of the world, to remove the condemnation that you have. Because the world stands condemned. The world doesn't want to hear that it needs a savior the world doesn't want to hear that it's lost in sin and that uh, there is judgment on their sin because the presence of jesus christ in the world indicates that the world is lost and guilty and people don't want to feel like they're guilty people don't want to be judged guilty they want to come up with a philosophy or a religion or anything that they could come up with and live For themselves to be happy within the confines of their philosophy, within the confines of their religion. That's what people's hearts want. They want to hear what they want to hear. They want their ears to hear something that justifies what's already there in their hearts. Jesus Christ came and disrupted that. So, Paul is telling them how important the knowledge of Christ is compared to anything else. In verse 4, he says, I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments or philosophy. For through I am absent in the body, okay, he's not with them there, yet I am with you in spirit. So, he's saying, look, Don't let people come in and and give you a lot of empty philosophy, worldly philosophy, or things that are designed to actually make the philosophers sound more important. You know, it's interesting that you have a philosophy, but who spreads the philosophy is the philosopher. And people not only gravitate towards words of the philosophers, the philosophers themselves love to come up with things that people follow because it makes them feel more important, makes them look more important. There's so many philosophies out there. Makes the people feel good, makes the philosophers feel good. Paul's saying don't fall for that. And, you know, when we see studies today uh, about communication... um. I, fig- I forget the exact numbers, but it's something like this, that people pay attention um, to something based uh, on the way something is expressed about 80, 85% of the time, or maybe 90% of the time. <clears throat> and they only pay attention to about 10% of actually what is expressed. You know, so about 90 percent of the time, the audience will pay attention to what the speaker is saying based on the way it is said rather than the actual words. That's an interesting and kind of a scary um, fact. It's interesting that if you want to be a good public speaker, make sure you say things in a good way or you'll lose your audience you can be the smartest speaker in the world and not even get your your points across if you don't express yourself well but it also shows you how easily led people can be based on the based on the speaker the way they the way they look the way they sound their mannerisms That's how groupthink starts happening. You know, peer pressure is so easy to... People start, you know, believing in something when the point hasn't even been proven. How easy uh, politicians can lead a lot of people just based on the way things get expressed. So he's saying... I'm saying this so that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in the body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order, in the firmness of your faith in Christ. To see your good order, in other words, your it's a it's it is a reference to a military type thing, you know, the order of troops, the order of soldiers. And he's sort of comparing them to like the good soldiers. In a good order, standing up, at attention, um, I mean kind of an analogy there, like soldiers would be, in good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. So he's he is so encouraged of the fact that these are, this church is standing up and standing firm. And again, Paul is a guy, he's walking through Asia. He has traveled now. He's in Europe. The Philippian church, first church in Europe that was established. Now his travels led him through Greece. He's now in Rome. He's in prison. His faith is an active faith. Jesus Christ was active. He didn't sit around. The mission was to spread the gospel message. And Paul is calling this church, as he does every church, to be active in their faith. To stand up, not to just receive this faith sitting down, but to stand up and be active and firm in faith. Verse 6, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. So in other words, another allergy, uh, analogy, not an analogy, but in an, another analogy to being active in your faith. Active in your faith in Christ. So walk in him. And as we studied back in Galatians and even Ephesians, this walk with Christ, this metaphor that Paul uses over and over and over, peripateo is the word for walk, and that word is an active verb. That means walking, an act of walking. It is an active word, as opposed to Galatians 5.25 Walking in step with the Holy Spirit. That word comes from the word stokio, and stokio means this stepwise walking, and it's walking in step, but in in phases. And as McGee points out, like a child learning to walk. You fall, you you walk, you you fall down, you get back up, you walk, you fall down, you get back up, you walk. You You fall down, you get back up. That's that in-step walking as a child learns to walk. But as a child learns to walk, then you walk better and better. And he makes these references to walking uh, as a more active walking after you learn to walk. So he's encouraging this Colossian church to walk, to stand up, to be active, to be firm in faith. And how do you walk? In the same way you receive Christ the Lord, so walk in Him. Just as you receive Christ. When you receive Christ, that means you're saved. That's how you get saved. Is it anything you do? No. No. You receive Christ. You trust Christ. You have faith in Christ. And what He has done to receive Jesus Christ, the gospel message is right there. In the same way you receive Christ, walk in Him. Being rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith. Being rooted and built up in Him. Being grounded in your faith. Being rooted in your faith. The foundation is Jesus Christ. The house is Jesus Christ. The walls that hold the house up are Jesus Christ. The roof that protects the house is Jesus Christ. Everything is built. This analogy is is Jesus Christ. The tree that produces fruit cannot produce fruit unless the roots are deep and bring in the water. That's Jesus Christ. The analogy to a plant, to a tree that produces fruit being firmly rooted is a healthy tree. So whether you look at it as a plant analogy or a Architectural analogy, it's all Jesus Christ. That's how you walk in Him. So we, we, we've got this walking analogy, this metaphor, this tree metaphor, this house metaphor, every way you see it. And the metaphor of being saved is simply just to receive Jesus. The gospel message is such a simple message, anybody can understand. And, res- and walk just the way you receive it. Just simple. Faith. Just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving. You know, the proper response to the gospel message is joy and thankfulness. Jesus Christ is love. He is the fulfillment of the old law. The fulfillment of the old law is love. And when you receive that love, that gift of Jesus Christ, when you receive that gift, that produces the second fruit of the Spirit, which is joy. Joy comes from the word beatus, which means blessing. When you receive love from God, when you receive that, the first fruit of the Spirit is joy. When you give Jesus Christ to someone else, when you give, when you share the gospel, when you give the gospel, you are sharing Jesus Christ, you are sharing love, you are sharing that gift that the Father gave to us. And when you, somebody receives it, they are blessed. They receive the blessing of the gospel. When you give someone the gospel, you give them the blessing that God gave you. You share in the gospel. You partake partake in the gospel. The person who receives Jesus Christ receives the gospel message. They receive the love of God. They receive Jesus Christ. And they receive that and the the proper response for that heart is joy. The heart that receives this blessing receives joy. The word for joy is joy. comes from the word beatus which means blessed so when you receive that you then get the third the third fruit of the spirit is peace love joy and peace and the proper response for that joyful heart is thanksgiving joy and thanksgiving and paul says that's how you walk You walk with the same heart that you receive this blessing with, this thankful heart, a joyful heart. That's how we walk. We don't rest on our philosophies. We don't rest on man's teaching. We hold God's word, God's God's teaching, which is the Word of Christ. You've got the Word of man, which is philosophy of man, and you've got the Word of God, which is Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and then the Word was with God. The Word was God, then the Word became flesh. That's John chapter 1. So you've got the Word of man, which is philosophy. You've got the Word of God, which is Christ. Verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition and according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. So Paul's saying, he looping back around, he's saying once again, don't be captive by man's thinking, by man's words, by man's reasoning, because it's all dead end. Everything, your riches, your material things are dead end things, and your philosophical things are dead end things. Your your uh, your ways of thinking are dead end things. All man's ways that you can walk, the pathways that you walk are dead end pathways. If you're a house that's not built with the foundation of Christ, your house will fall. If you're a tree, a plant, anything growing, anything living, if you're not rooted in Jesus Christ, the plant dies. And if you're not rooted and built up and established, standing firm in faith, in good order, You can be taken captive. (laughs) Another analogy back to the soldier here. You can be taken captive by philosophy, by empty deceits. You know? What is deceit? That's another word for lie. You can be captive by philosophy, and you can be captive by a lie. You know? And what's a lie? A lie can be anything. Oh, you can, you can. Uh, uh, a little bit of sin won't matter. A little bit of this won't matter. If, if it's not according to Jesus Christ, it does matter. So stand firm. Don't be taken captive by sin. Don't be taken captive by empty deceits. Don't be taken captive by philosophies. And walk in Him. So what a great, great um, uh, encouraging letter so far uh, in chapter 2 as we're reading. So we'll stop here. I'll turn the podcast over to my co-host, uh, Mitali. Mitali, I hope you're doing good. And uh can't wait to hear what you do with this. So for me to all of you, God bless you, and I'll see you next time.
1: Hello, so today's teaching is coming from the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verses 1 to verse 8. So, um, in um, chapter 2 of the book of Colossians, uh, verses 1 to 15, um, it looks at philosophy, and verses 16 through to 23, um, it looks at rituals, so... You know, Christ is the answer to philosophy and Christ is the answer to rituals. So, um, you, the answer is in verse 1 to 15, um, you know, the an- it answers to the head. And verses um, 16 to 23, which is about rituals, it answers to the heart. So, um, you know, Christianity is basically Christ. So, Christ is the foundation of Christianity. So, um Verse 1 of chapter 2 reads, For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea, Laodicea, sorry, um, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. So um, Laodicea was next to Colossi. It was... um, a more prosperous, um, city than Colossi, So, Paul saw that, um, you know, there was great danger of, of going into, um, one of two directions that's, um, either being following philosophy or rituals. So, um, you know, because of, you know, the lukewarm condition that the people in, um, you know, in, in, in Laodicea had. So, um, Paul, Paul, and it also states Paul had not been to 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 if you if you read it, Paul had not been to Colossi because he's saying um, I have conflict for you and those in Laodicea, uh, and for as many as have not seen my face in um, the flesh. So um, you know in Laodicea it was a uh, a very affluent um, city that was doing better than Colossi, and there was a lot of like um, you know affluent rich people um, who had. Um, a lot of knowledge and all, but Paul you know was worried because of that lukewarm condition. people were gravitating towards um you know philosophy and knowledge and and not putting Christ in their lives, so verse two goes on to read that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of. Full of the full assurance and understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. So here, um, you know, Paul talks about the heart. So the heart, basically, um, he says that their hearts may be encouraged. So their hearts, this is their humanity, the whole person. You know, um, you know, love should draw them together. So, um, you know, moving along in spirituality for, for God. So... Um, so here, Paul is talking about um, that their hearts, so that's them as you know, um, as 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 a whole person, full beings, um, may be encouraged. So being knit together in love, so bre- being brought together, moving together um, spiritually, you know, for God, um, attaining all the riches of the full assurance of the understanding of knowledge. So you know christ has been made wisdom to us so you know understanding all the knowledge of the mystery of god so the mystery of god being um today that is the church so um this was the mystery that was actually revealed now in the new testament so um christ is the church so christ being the mystery so um you know at the beginning um of the day of pentecost was the beginning of the church that was when the mystery was actually um you know revealed where um Different people were speaking in different tongues, but were able to understand each other. This was um, you know, uh, whether Jew Gentile, um, you know, Christ, um, like he brought everybody, um, on the same um plane. Um, you know, th- there was no chosen people. Um, everybody, um, you know, we were all sinners, and everybody was brought in the same plane. Um, and um. Christ came for, for everybody, whether you are a Jew or genital, you are blue, black, um, or whatever race you were. Um, but he brought everybody um, under, you know, under one body. And if we read First uh, Corinthians chapter twelve, verse twelve to thirteen, it reads: For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink of one spirit. So we all are baptized by one body. So Christ came so so as to you know, to make the church, you know, the church has different members, but we are all um you know, we all have one common goal, we all have one common um one common um you know one common Christ, one common Lord. So, um, you know, so, you know, but, you know, as scripture reads, but all the members of that one body being made are also um, being made, being many, are one body. Also, so also is Christ. So Christ being the head of that particular body, that's, um, um, you know, the body of Christ, that's the church. So, um, the church uh, being Christ. Christ is the head of the church. So verse three goes on to read, um, in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So, um, this particular verse is talking about Christ, you know, in Christ, Christ was made wisdom for us and, you know, all knowledge and wisdom is hidden in Christ. So the, um, um, you know, today philosophy and psychology, um, you know, you find people try to substitute Christ for uh, the word of, of, of God for philosophy and and, um, and 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 psychology. And um, you know, this was the danger in Colossi. So, um, because people were knowledgeable and all, and they were trying to substitute, um, they were trying to look for answers to, to the problems of the world from um, you know, um psychology and, and philosophy. But you you get all you need from Christ. You know, the church is the mystery and the church is Christ. So this was the mystery that was actually revealed, that was not revealed in the Old Testament, but was revealed in the New Testament. And, you know, all your answers, you cannot get or solve the problems of the world from, um, you know, the study of psychology, the study of philosophy and all these things. Um, but all the answers are in Christ Jesus. So um, verse 4 goes on to read, Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with um, persuasive words. So, um, you know, this particular verse is talking about, you know, the danger today, um, you know, it's just not giving, uh, you know, the simple word of, of God. You find a lot of pastors today, they want to use big words but are saying nothing. You know, you're still waiting. Okay, what is he saying? You know, they're using, you know, all these flowery words and jargon and just going around and around in circles and all, um, um, and 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 you find a number of people today like in churches, in modern day churches, liberal churches, people tend to follow the person and not follow the word of God. And, um, you know, this is the danger that is there today. And this is what we're being warned against in, um, verse four saying, now this, I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. So verse five goes on to read for though, I am absent in the flesh yet I am with you in spirit rejoicing to see your good order and steadfastness in your faith in Christ. So um here um you know the the, the church was um you know was standing and belie- you know it was standing um um you know in in good order and and um, and you know it was immovable and this is how we ought to be as christians we ought to be you know we ought to stand shoulder to shoulder and be immovable and um um and 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 you know and not uh work against one another and this was um what paul was was happy about like what he was speaking about in verse verse 5 he was rejoicing in that um you know the church was um um even if he was absent in the flesh um, and he was there with them in the spirit, he was rejoicing to see, you know, the good order that, you know, Christians loved one another and were standing for one common purpose and one common goal. Um, Verse six goes on to read as therefore um, have received Christ Jesus and the Lord so walk in him. So um, here, you know, they had Christ Jesus in their hearts so um, if you and I have Christ Jesus in, in our hearts, you know, what does it mean to be a Christian? Um, what does it mean um, to, to, you know, to, 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 to walk um, in him? So, um, you know, to be a Christian, you know, it means to receive, um, to receive the person of Jesus Christ, to receive Jesus in, in our hearts. So, um, you know, we, we ought to live our Christian lives, um, you know, every day. Um, we ought to live our Christian life in our homes, um, at our workplaces. We ought to live our Christian life like everywhere. Um, that's what it means to 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 receive Christ. We ought to walk in Him. We ought to emulate, um, you know, the life He lived here. Um, we ought to read Scripture and we ought to understand it and attain knowledge because Christ was 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 made knowledge unto us. Verse seven goes on to read, rooted and built up in Him, uh, and. Established in faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. So this is what it means to be a Christian. You know, uh, be rooted like a tree. You know, a tree is a living thing. You know, um, have roots and be rooted in Christ. And um, you know, we ought to be built like a house. You know, a house is not a living thing, but the thing is, if we build a house on a firm foundation, uh, let Christ live in us. Um, so it, this is what it means. You know, be rooted um to be rooted and built up in him let us be rooted and let us um you know let us build a home on a on our rock on our strong foundation and this is christ let us build our homes in christ so verse 8 goes on to read, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. So um, this is looking at, you know, philosophy. It's the danger of philosophy today. It look, you know, you look for answers to the problems of life based on, um, you know, um, according to, um, or through philosophy and through empty deceit. Um, simply because we think we are smarter and we have more wisdom and we have no more knowledge than Christ. Um, but Christ is the answer to, 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 um, to, uh, to the many problems in life today, to all the problems in life today. Let's seek Christ's face in everything that we actually do. So, you know, um, you know as Pastor Jv McGee put it with his metaphor, you know, fake philosophy is like looking for a black cat in a dark room. You're not going to find it so you know you just you know you just walk into a situation blindly because you feel like oh hey i have you know i have read so many um you know so many so many books and um uh and um we can sort the we can solve the, the, the problems of the world today with um with the knowledge that we've acquired and you know with the philosophy the sciences the rituals but no um you know let's just go back to basics and 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 and, and look to christ because um christ has the answer to all the problems of the world let us uh, be rooted and um and build up in him you know let us um be rooted like a tree Um, and build a house and let us walk in him as Christians. So, yeah, this is today's teaching. Thank you all for listening in. Have a pleasant Monday. God bless and bye-bye.